0: Alright, welcome everyone to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Corey Novotny and I'm joined this week as always by my co-host Brian Wells. In this week's episode, we'll start off by talking about baseball in the World Series. We recorded this before Game 6. We now know that the Atlanta Braves are World Series champions, finishing off the Astros 7-0 in that game. We'll talk about everything before the final out. Um, and just give our thoughts on this World Series in general and our our current thoughts on baseball's championship. Before talking NFL Week 8, as the Steelers and the Patriots both pulled out huge victories on the road, seemingly greatly improving their playoff chances, we'll give our thoughts on those wins and how we're feeling about the team now. And Talk about some other notable action from NFL Week 8. Talk about the trade deadline, the little action that did go down there. Uh, Before talking college football, as the college football playoff committee has released their initial rankings, we'll give our thoughts on the top four and beyond, and what we expect from here the rest of the way based on those first rankings. And finally, we will wrap up the show by answering five questions on the start of Christmas season, daylight savings time, and much more. So with that, let's get started. Brian, we're uh, we're on a somewhat of a hot streak, at least in terms of recording every week. You know, we had that last one a couple of weeks ago. We were able to put one out last week. So I think that that issue won't happen again, which is a good thing because there's a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports. October, busy sports month, really a busy weekend. Uh, a lot of things to get into. We bring back five questions for the first time in a couple months to end the episode. But before we get into any of that, I think we should start with probably the biggest news Of the entire weekend, Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian are possibly a thing?
1: (laughs) I didn't actually think you would say that as the biggest news of the weekend, but yeah, I I actually did see that, even though I'm not into celebrity news whatsoever, I did notice that. Yeah. Uh, So... Hopefully it turns out well for him. You know, uh, it's, because it's, it hasn't turned out well for a lot of dudes with Kim Kardashian. It's, it's
0: amazing though how like every like six to twelve months Pete Davidson gets connected to some celebrity, and everyone's just like, "How? What? Like, why? What? How does this happen?" So. Yeah, I mean, good for him. I think it's kind of funny, some of the the stuff that's uh, being put out there um, across social media about that. But uh, I don't really want to get into too many takes on that. Let's talk about uh, sports. You know, we are mostly sports podcast and World Series is going on right now. So we're recording before game six. We don't know the outcome. We don't know if the Braves finish off the Astros in Houston. We don't know if the Astros force a game seven. So I do want to talk about that, but before we get too far into baseball in the World Series, uh, we do want to take some time to talk about Jerry Remy, who was the longtime play-by-play commentator for the or color commentator for the Boston Red Sox on NESN. He passed away on Sunday morning at the age of 68 after his seventh battle with cancer and. Uh, I'm sure that just about everyone across the Red Sox nation is reeling from this because Jerry Remy has been synonymous with the Red Sox over the past few decades.
1: Yeah, I'm typically not someone that gets that heartbroken whenever some famous actor or celebrity dies or passes away. But when I heard the Jerry Remy news, that ruined my day. I, I was definitely a huge fan of Jerry Remy in the booth. Broadcasting Red Sox games along with Don Orsillo and Dave O'Brien, and nothing against Dave O'Brien, I, I I think he's a terrific broadcaster, but his chemistry with Don Orsillo was top notch, uh, one of a kind, second to none. I definitely it I definitely enjoyed uh, when they were together, and they're definitely a great part of uh, the a great part of Red Sox Nation. Jerry Remy for sure. There are a lot of great memories of. Of him in the booth, with him losing his tooth in the in middle uh-huh. of a game, and, and and that was definitely hysterical. And then, and then there was the one time where uh, there was a family, uh, two couples together, and one one guy ended up grabbing uh, his girlfriend's or significant other's. Uh, boob and then all of a sudden Don and Jerry end up losing it on air. I don't know if you remember I that don't at remember all. that one, but you don't remember no. that. You definitely have yeah, to see it. that video <laughs> of that. That was hysterical. But the number one moment for me for sure was the pizza no, for throw. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that that's definitely the best moment of all of them. It, per, for me personally. He also had the air guitar where he, he he's doing the air guitar on air and then he falls he, he stumbles over. Uh, on camera that was great too but the pizza throw is for sure the the best one I I, I even YouTubed it 10 minutes before (laughs) I I did watch it yeah yesterday
0: (laughs) um I I think that it it really speaks to Jerry Remy um and his ability to get people interested in Red Sox games and that all these like funny moments that him and Don Arsillo had together in the booth because it's a 162 game job you know when he was in his his better health and being able to do it and he made it a nightly viewing experience like i feel like i lost a big part of my childhood because growing up it was always watching tuning on turning on nesson as a family we'd watch the red sox game on a tuesday night and it was nothing he- else even that if we'd it's really do
1: even if it's just background noise i i still love the commentary that Jerry Remy would would give whether if it had to do with the game or if it just had to do with personal life
0: yeah I mean, he did a great job of making Red Sox games fun to watch on tv and it's something that you know part of it is I I don't live in New England anymore I don't have access to NESN, and have barely had opportunities the last eight years but it's just it's not the same in recent years you know without Don Solo, with Remy missing a lot of games and in bad health but it, there are so many classic moments from you know 2004 World Series runs through really the 2013 World Series runs, uh, you know, throughout our even, middle even school and high school e- days. So e-
1: even the last few years, I, kn- I know that he wasn't a full time broadcaster at that point. Where he, sometimes when they were on the road, it'd be Eckersley or someone else as the color guy, but he, he would still be around even when he was not at his best health. And I don't know, I I, I I'm a, I was a huge fan of Jerry Remy and. Uh, definitely a great part of Red Sox nation and is definitely, uh, definitely not a great, not a great day hearing about his news and yeah, definitely. Will be yeah. It's
0: definitely tough. Cause a year ago, Tommy Heinsohn, you know, we were talking about him passing away. Right. And uh, you know, Jerry mm-hmm. Remy, just another, another great play by play, person perfect for a regional sports team to just be an absolute homer about the team and just really get passionate watching these games just like us as viewers at home so
1: not like not a homer like Tommy Heinsohn, no not but, nearly like Heinsohn
0: but, but you know you no. <laughs> could still tell he cared like there is some play by plays guys that have a lot of insight and knowledge to bring the game and Remy had that but he also had you know plenty of the the humor and the passion and the fun that just made Red Sox games yeah even per- better than perfect, just what was on the field. Perfect
1: combination. Yeah, perfect combination of humor as well as good commentary on, on the team as well.
0: Yeah, so he'll definitely be missed. Rest in peace, Jerry Remy. And just a reminder that cancer sucks. Just seven times. Yeah, at
1: s- s- seeing him uh, w- when it was Yankees Red Sox, the wild card game, he was throwing out the first pitch and they brought him with the cart. He was on the passenger seat of the cart and he had the tubes around. Around his face, and which was yeah, kind of unfortunate, knowing that he was not in great health. But it was at the same time, it was kind of a boost. I'd like to think for the fans and the team that night, him throwing out the first pitch, and and, I mean, there there was no doubt in my mind (laughs) after seeing that and seeing how excited the crowd was and everything. There was kind of no doubt in my mind that the Red Sox were gonna uh, do their best to win and end up. Yeah, winning.
0: absolutely. I mean, similar to I guess, Ted Williams at the all-star game, but I was just about was to say there, that too. A yeah. Game. A
1: lot of similarities yeah. to that.
0: All right. So I guess with that, it's, it's tough to, you know, bring up somber topics on the podcast. We certainly want to give our, you know, due diligence at times, but with that, let's kind of try to get back on a more lighter note and just talk about the world series in general. So the Houston Astros, one game 5 on Sunday night 9 to 5 in Atlanta send the series back to Houston the Braves had a chance to clinch it and at this point we don't know what's going to happen in game 6 so coming into the series I predicted the Braves in 6 you predicted the Astros in 7 um, one of us could very certainly be right I think there's a very good chance that one of us will be right but you know based on the first 5 games I guess what are your thoughts on this World Series you know what what you've seen or maybe even haven't seen to this point
1: yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, so we've done uh, top five favorite times of the year or weeks of the year, and I mentioned how much I enjoyed this time of the year because Halloween's a great holiday, or at least in my opinion, opinion it is. And as as down on baseball as I am, I there are a couple things that I'm consistently high on when it comes to baseball. One is going to a Red Sox game every, every single year. Even if it's just one game, I I still love that experience. Yeah, it was painful not being
0: able to go in 2020.
1: Exactly. So going the one time we did in 2021 this season was great, for sure, even if it was just one game. And then the other thing that I still like about baseball is October. I I still enjoy the playoffs. But I don't know. I I feel like this World Series – I mean – Game six and possibly game seven, those could still be exciting, but I feel like it's been kind of a letdown, and part of it for sure is because the Red Sox aren't in it. If the Red Sox were in it, of course I'd be watching. Yeah, yeah, I I mean, baseball has definitely become a regional sport where if your team is in it, you are into it for Mm -hmm. sure, but if if your team is not in it or if you don't have a really – Big rooting interest. You're just not gonna pay too much attention, and I hate admitting that because we're supposed to analyze the, <laughs> this World Series. But at the same time, it's like how can I get into these games if, if one the matchup isn't that appealing, and two these games just take way too long. And I, I also I so we had a an episode the, the last episode. One of the things I remember that we talked about was how much. St- starting pitching is becoming more and more irrelevant in, in postseason games where the managers just micromanage, micromanage these games to the nth degree where the starting pitchers are becoming useless and they just get taken out of the second or third inning or fourth inning of these games. And and they use like seven pitchers a night, and which is kind of a shame because I always loved uh, in the early 2000s and I'd imagine in the 20th century baseball where – It'd be awesome to rely on uh your ace pitchers and uh, having a pitching duel between what your best guy and their best yeah, guy and they're both I, going
0: I, I, you know seven eight nine ten innings sometimes it's just they're both lights out and yeah it's it's totally different these days and it's it's not as fun to watch games when pitchers are getting pulled just because they give up a couple runs early and the games just go on forever. And, like, I'm totally with you. I don't have a whole lot of insight to provide on this series. I've barely been watching it. Like, you know, I I, I tuned in. I haven't really watched much either. I totally forgot that there was a game going on Friday night game three. I was, I mean, I've missed so many World Series games in recent years because I'm, like, celebrating Halloween. I'm at parties. I'm out at bars. Like I I was like looking at the the ticker on Saturday night and I would see game four. Oh yeah, the Astros are up two to one. Oh the Braves just now they're up three to two. But it wasn't even on T V where I was at. They're they're showing college football instead. So nobody really cares enough, I guess. And it's it's weird because like the Braves are kind of the local team here. Game four, I was waiting in line to get into another bar and there's a group of guys just standing in front of me all listening to something on their phone. I had no idea what it was until all of a sudden they started celebrating. you are like, yeah, one more away. And I'm like, oh, they're Braves fans celebrating because the Braves just won a World Series game. And I didn't watch any of it. I later saw that um, Jorge Soler, Danzy Sponson went back-to-back home runs in the seventh inning. Like, that's cool. I didn't know the final score of game three until like, Uh, sometime on saturday probably like 8 or 9 p.m and then you know the game ended almost 24 hours before that so uh yeah i mean i really have not been keeping up with this and i i can't imagine that there are too many people who aren't braves or astros fans that are listening to this and like man i'm really disappointed that they can't break down ian anderson taking a no-hitter into the third inning and getting pulled because he almost threw 80 pitches which yeah. Oh, he walked three guys, so it was third time through the lineup. Got to take him out, right?
1: Yeah, just just so absurd that managers still do that. And I mean, yeah, it it worked against the Red Sox a couple times in the Astros series, but even still, I I don't I don't want every game to go by the computer or go by the book. That's just boring. No, I it, it, sometimes it's totally. Agree. Sometimes it's good to have feel, but even if you end up being wrong. I I. I I like the human element of baseball. Do you think we're gonna have another that's Blake def-
0: Snell, Kevin Cash moment in Game Six?
1: Possibly. <laughs> it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me. Whatsoever. Honestly, like I it, mean, it would not be I'd shocking be if that it.
0: becomes commonplace. Is these teams just looking like idiots because they pull their pitchers because the s- analytics say don't leave them in any longer?
1: Yeah, I'd, I. That's the reason why I'd be fine with it is just because it makes the it makes the team look bad whenever it does happen yeah I mean, it definitely made kevin cash look bad in game six in last year's world series and i'm sure it wasn't even fully his decision i'm sure that there are people up in the booth in the Rays organization that told cash to do what yeah, he i
0: mean did. it's it's their organizational model and you can say oh they've been doing it all year but okay that works for the most part in regular season games works in the regular season it's, the playoffs. That's, that's it's a why totally was so- different atmosphere
1: that's why I was thrilled that the Rays lost. Not only because they're, of course, facing the Red uh, Sox, but and I, again, I'm. What else can you do when you're a team like the Rays and you have a payroll like them? You have I to mean, operate. Yeah, like you, that. you you you, you kind of have to do that. But and at the same time, uh, you you kind of I don't. You can't really do that in the playoffs, though. You, it works in the regular season, but once you face legit teams in the in the playoffs, it's not going to work. Yeah. I, I. But yeah, it I. Of course, we're both big baseball fans and huge Red Sox fans, but again, if the Red Sox aren't in the World Series, we would be into it if the Red Sox were in it, but because they're not, we're just not into it and I we're not alone. I mean, game 1 of the World Series averaged 10.8 million viewers, which was the second least watched opener for a game 1 of the World Series, and the, the lowest was last year in a pandemic. And I know technically we're still in a pandemic, but fans can still can now go to games in full capacity in their own stadiums well
0: if anything so, you would think there would be more people watching last year because more people were stuck at home they couldn't right that. that's actually surprising to me that people just weren't watching it last year because i thought that last year like ratings were very high and this year ratings are very high compared to like you know three four years ago but yeah i mean get so game five the, the numbers show yeah yeah game five i i'm um, saying up watching the you know, the Cowboys-Vikings game and then the Braves-Astros game. I got him on two TVs, and I'm I'm telling myself, I'm just going to stay up all night. I want to see if the Braves clinch. It goes to halftime in the Cowboys-Vikings game. It's 10-3. It's looking terrible. I, Cooper Rush turned things around in the second half, but it, it was kind of an ugly first half. It's 9.43 p.m. It's like the top of the fourth inning in the baseball game.
1: I noticed that, too. I didn't even change the channel when <laughs> I saw that. I just looked on my phone, and when it was halftime of the – the Cowboys Vikings game, the game that I watched from start to finish, even though, like you said, it was ugly in the first half, I looked on my phone what the score was and what inning it was. Yeah, top of the fourth inning. I didn't even bother changing no. the channel. I'm just like, this is taking forever. I uh, gr- granted there were a lot of runs scored in that game. Yeah, and they the grand yeah, slam in the Astros. first
0: inning, but yeah, and then yeah. the Astros come back, and all of a sudden it's four to four in like the yeah. third inning right after that. So
1: that was another reason why I didn't change the channel is because. I mean, I I want to see the clincher. Yes. No matter what team yep. it is, I want to see the clinching moment of the World Series being won. No matter who, whatever team it is, I I still think that moment is cool. Oh, I, I love this final. Out. I, one of my favorite
0: I, things to do is watch compilation videos of like the final out of the World Series every now and then.
1: Yeah, you did that in my house one time. Oh, that's not like surprising. Twenty, <laughs> like the last 15, 25, yeah. a twenty, the yeah. twenty World Series. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> no, it's but it's no,
1: funny. I I kind of I'm kind of with you that. You, that i think baseball out of the four sports it kind of has the coolest final uh play to to win the championship because football just, you take Yay, most of the time it's unless if down, it's, yeah unless yeah unless if it's super Bowl 51 you're you're basically taking a knee um hockey it'd be i mean okay the kings won versus the rangers that was on a game the overtime winning goal that was cool but most of the time it's kind of just you clear the puck yep. and that's it uh and, th- and then basketball sometimes it's Sometimes it's just a blowout and the other team wins and whatever. Uh-huh. Baseball, Baseball you, you're a, always going to excitement
0: on the last out. Yeah. yeah,
1: the final, yeah, the very final out, is the very final inning is very exciting. Yeah, stuff so anyway, as movies. much as
0: I wanted the Braves to win the series, I was glad when I woke up and saw the Astros won game five because I didn't want to stay up and miss it. You know, I, I didn't want to stay up and I didn't want to go to bed and miss it. So tonight I'm going to be editing this. Uh so I'm going to see what happens. I'll know how right. it ends, but um you know, rooting for the Braves to close it out. So
1: but but yeah, I I watched the entire Cowboys Vikings game and when that game ended, it was still the 8th inning and the the Astros were up by 9 to 5. Were up right? by 4 at that point. Yeah. And so I kind of figured that they were just going to force a, a game 6. Good to miss a
0: crazy comeback.
1: Yeah, uh, that's, that's true. <laughs> didn't luckily I yeah, look, yeah uh-huh. luckily I didn't. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly rooting for the Braves, even though I picked the Astros. I don't care. I, I'd rather see the other team win and have you be right. But what I will say though is, I'm worried that the Astros might make a comeback because we saw in the last series versus the Red Sox, they were down two to one, and then all of a sudden they just catch fire and win three straight games. And I think a lot of that has to do with. How talented they are offensively, but I'm also kind of worried that maybe that they just realize like, hey, we got to start doing some stuff <laughs> what, to like actually cheating? To, to yeah, something like that. In I Atlanta, mean, though, it, I don't know yeah, how you but, pull it off. Well, there. well, no, well, it's in Houston now. now it is, but yeah. yeah, but it's just that Framber Valdez, the the pitcher on the Astros, he absolutely sucks in Game One. Pitches two and two thirds and gives up six hits and really wasn't that great. And then all of a sudden he looks like Sandy Koufax in game five and pitches eight innings. Eight innings! No one pitches eight innings anymore. <laughs> uh-huh. And then and then uh, Luis Garcia, who completely checked out of game two versus the Red Sox after pitching one inning and giving up a grand slam and and another run, he ends up looking amazing too in, in game six where he only gives up one hit and one walk. And so... Part of me wonders is is there a spider tag going on? Uh, I mean, aren't the Umps still are, are, are checking using them that?
0: every time they go out?
1: Yeah, I mean, They'd he have to be in He was it. constantly checking, uh, or he was constantly touching his hair in Game Six, and maybe he's yeah, hiding <laughs> stuff. I don't know. Yeah, stuff in his hair. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried that it could be another trend like that, where hey, they're down three to one, and we gotta to start doing some stuff, and. They all of a sudden make a comeback, and I, I don't know. I, I know I said in the last episode that I don't really care about the cheating stuff. It doesn't really bother me that much, but I don't know. Just the ashes. Yeah, the idea of
0: doing it twice. They're a little, they're a little dirty. Yeah. They
1: are. They they de- they definitely uh, living on the. Honestly, Asher. I think you could have
0: <laughs> just cut the analysis to. They're down three to one to an Atlanta sports team, and that Atlanta true. sports that teams. <laughs> that too. <laughs> they're they're not known for uh, you know holding leads like that. So, look, either the Braves are going to blow a three to one lead and they're going to lose in seven games, or they're going to close it out tonight because they're not winning in Game Seven if they lose tonight. Probably All right. Not, so man. if you're listening to this <laughs> now, and the Braves won the World Series, unbelievable, first time since 1995. Uh, It just is a great story. All the adversity they fought through, all the injuries, all the guys they lost in the season. Great trade deadline by them. Awesome postseason run. Good for Braves. Good for Atlanta sports fans. You'll probably never see another championship again, but at least you get this one.
1: Well, at least they got uh,
0: Georgia college football, even though it's not Atlanta. We'll get into that one later. Um, The committee rankings are out. But for now, let's talk some NFL football. And... There will be a parade at the end of the week in either Atlanta or Houston, but there will not be a parade in Cleveland. Browns fans, after spending all season talking to Steelers fans, saying, you guys suck now. We're Super Bowl contenders. You're finishing last in the AFC North. They had to watch their Brownies lose 15-10 to to a Steelers team that had no business winning the game, really tried to lose the game when Chris Boswell was annihilated on a ridiculous fake field goal attempt. Uh, It looked like things probably should have been a penalty, probably should have been a penalty regardless (laughs) Still a stupid play call. And things should have been over after that, especially when the Browns scored to go up 10 to three early in the third quarter. But Steelers hung tough. You know, Ben Rosberger played great. Uh, compared to what we've seen from him in some games this season not vintage Ben but he didn't make a ton of mistakes no turnovers beautiful touchdown pass and an even better catch by Pat Fryermuth in the end zone for the game-winning score and
1: even though it was 15 to 10 I did see the fourth down touchdown to Fryermuth. that was definitely a good play he's definitely going to need to make a bigger difference now now that Juju's out and I I know I know Friermuth is a tight end but I'd imagine he's going to have more. He's got to be that Heath Georgia Miller out.
0: guy that a lot of people want him to be um, coming up on third down. He came up huge there, and the, the defense was big. The defense has been kind of questionable some games. I haven't made a lot of big plays, but a uh, huge strip sack, or not strip sack, just strip of Jarvis Landry who could not hold on to the ball. Football. Yeah, TJ Watts. you got to hold on to the football to it, but...
1: if you're Landry. I mean, great play by the Steelers. Who, who was it that it knocked the Joe ball Schobert, out? It was Joe
0: Schobert, former Brown, who knocked the ball out.
1: Uh, that's yeah, pretty great, cool great play by him I, combination of both there A great play by him but also come on later yep. you gotta hold on to the yeah, ball. Make... <laughs> In that moment when you're <laughs> you're driving down the field you have all this momentum offensively and you're you need a touchdown and all of a sudden you fumble in the worst moment it is
0: honestly I love that Baker Mayfield played well in this game but the rest of the team particularly his receivers let him down I mean his running backs held under 100 yards so the the best rushing offense in the league huge by the defense a lot of big plays Odell Beckham Jr. was nowhere to be found and yeah, Landry.
1: Wait, he played in. He played in this game. I'm just joking. I <laughs> oh man, I, I've
0: seen some funny tweets from Browns fans. Like there, there are some funny ones afterwards. The way that they're acting, like you know the world's coming to an end because they lost to a terrible Steelers team. Uh, But it's even funnier watching some of the crazy stuff that people put out there before the game and just seeing how horribly it aged. I'd never heard of this guy. He has some kind of Cleveland Browns podcast. His name's Nick Carnes. I don't think he's anything too crazy, but he had some really, um, really fun tweets considering what happened, you know, looking back on them after. but uh,
1: Is it something that would be on freezing cold takes? Twitter one of page? them is,
0: for the first time in 371 days, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, and Odell Beckham Jr. will be on the field together today. And then uh, this like girl from Steely's Twitter I follow, Ellie Finnerty, she quote tweeted <laughs> it, felt like 372. Because Odell one catch for six yards, Landry had more <laughs> drops and fumbles than uh, anything good that he did out there. Um, and you know Baker again, he he played well, he played tough through an injury, and uh, in the end, it just wasn't enough because the Browns are the Browns is the Browns. They're still this yeah, team. The, the, yeah,
1: yeah, they're 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 not playing well uh, offensively of late, and I, I think it's a combination of both. Bad play and in injuries. Of, as injuries. Well. I, are I can't. A I can't I, you yes. can't ignore the injuries. I mean, they they lost Kareem Hunt, who's on IR. I'm sure he'll be back this and year. But
0: you can say De'Aaron Johnson went on he went IR for 146 yards. Yeah. Doesn't matter who's playing yeah. running back? against
1: against the Broncos, who are yes, they're good defensively, but they had a lot of injuries and they were playing a lot of practice squad guys that night on Thursday night uh, a week ago. So it, it's kind of a combination of that, but also just. I thought thought De- well kind of a side topic but I thought Dearness was awesome in that game. I, I know the, a lot of it has to do with the, their offensive line but I thought Dearness uh really uh, made some great plays in that game uh running the ball. And I so I know it's a side yeah. th- topic but yeah. uh but yeah, the Browns just they don't look great offensively in terms of going scoring points uh, outside of that Chargers game <laughs> game that they lost but uh yeah, I mean Odell has been invisible. I mean, I saw a tweet where Odell Beckham has played 29 games as a Brown. He's now been held under 30 receiving yards in 10 of them. A third, basically a third of the games he's played as a Cleveland Brown, he's been held under 30 receiving yards. That's brutal. Yeah,
0: I don't know if he's just not the receiver that everyone thought he was when he was on the Giants, or if the Browns and Baker Mayfield just have no idea how to use him. I think it's a combination. I I think it's,
1: yeah, I would say both. I think, yeah, the Browns clearly don't know. What they're doing with Odell, I th- I didn't think that was the case. I just figured it was a coincidence last year that their offense just got better as the year went on. Last year, I had a and feeling just it happened wasn't. to be without Odell, yeah. and I figured, hey, well, you add Odell, it's gonna uh, get even better. But no, they're they I was definitely wrong about that. They they don't look great with Odell in there. I don't know if they look better with without him, but he's definitely not making a, a great impact. One catch for six. The yards. Browns
0: have the most expensive wide receiver room in the league, thirty-four million dollars, and their top two guys, Jarvis Landry and Oda Buckham Jr., have combined thirty-three catches for four hundred fourteen yards, zero touchdowns in eight games this season.
1: Yeah, they they haven't been great. But they again, I, I hate using this excuse, but they have they been they have been up injured, but again, like, you're spending Odell all that money sure, on these guys. Uh, Odell's had multiple torn ACLs, a sports he played with a sports sports hernia for a whole year I think in his first year in Cleveland so and you're saying he should be able he's to play dealing, hurt. yeah and now he's dealing with two bad shoulders right now uh, I, think, I think he has a torn labrum like Baker or maybe that's just Baker I'm not sure but yeah, a lot of lot of banged up players on the Browns, especially on offensive.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know Dell's biggest problem is that he has Baker Mayfield throwing him the ball. Yeah, that too. <laughs> he's begging he's that his is, dad. I love that his dad YouTube yeah, videos saying you need to use him right. He's got LeBron geez. tweeting, "Get this man out of Cleveland." He's supposed to be a Browns fan too, so that's how you know that it's pretty big. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's really not. It's looking not looking good, for, good
1: the for the Browns, but even so, it's. Still a pretty good win for the Steelers, and I mean, of course, you you were higher on the Steelers coming the year than I was. I mean, but I mean, yeah, they've had a good few wins these past few weeks. But at the same time, even though they're good wins, if you told me before the season started that they would beat Seattle at home on Sunday night, and then the very next week uh, go to Cleveland and win on the road, I would say, "Wow, those are terrific wins! Great!" But when when you fast forward to those games and you see that, oh, they barely beat Geno Smith in overtime to win that game, and it took TJ Watts' incredible play in that game to to win that game. And then it took uh the Browns <laughs> just being the Browns and and looking how they've looked of late and being as banged up as they are. I don't know. Like, they're good wins, but they're stepping stones. Yeah, no, right? and that's, that's you totally say that?
0: fair. I mean, the, the, even the win against the Broncos, like, you can say, oh, yeah, they were 3-1, and one, but, like, okay, look at them but, now. But their
1: three wins were against the Gi- Giants, Jags, and Jets. And so they're, they're moving in the right direction. They're solid wins, for sure. And their next two games are against the Bears and the Lions. Those are
0: those should be should be wins for sure I mean the everything you know between the the primetime game at home going up against a rookie quarterback everything says the Steelers should beat the Bears and then the Lions are a train wreck right now so in theory the Steelers will be six and three but I, I get it it's
1: it's just it's just that yes they're playing better of late for sure it's just that I I I feel like I need I would need to see a game where I really didn't expect them to win because even though I was higher on the Browns coming in this year than the Steelers, I was kind of thinking the Steelers are going to win this game just the way both the, these teams have been trending of late. And I don't know. I, I feel like I mean I don't know. I, I want to see him win a game that that really catches me off guard. I don't. Does, so, that, does that make well? I, I mean, is that I, fair at all? I, would
0: it to to prove what point? I guess what, what that
1: to take them more seriously. Seriously, I mean, as what I think... as a
0: Super Bowl contender? I think I mean I'm not taking them seriously as a Super Bowl contender right now, even with how wide open the AFC is. But as a playoff team, that could maybe yeah. Make some you noise know what?
1: There. Honestly, with the way, the way their schedule is looking right now, they probably and the way the AFC is just looking right. The AFC is especially with the way the Chiefs are looking. Uh, the AFC outside of the Bills and a couple other teams, it's not great. It's definitely not as strong no. as the NFC. So nowhere close. I, they probably. They're probably already trending t- to be a, a a playoff team, like a wild card team, right maybe now. Be the right now the season. Ended. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So maybe you kind of proved my point. Or well, I mean, of. I guess like that's the thing is, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm
0: not going to sit here and say, "Oh, beat the, the Seahawks oh, going and the Bears." Yeah, yeah. Super Bowl contender. Right. I, I agree. I do need to see more, and even beating the Bears and the Lions, that's not going to change much. But after that, picking up some wins would certainly go further, given some of the teams that are on the schedule you know in late November and into December and January
1: I think what I'll say is that I'm willing to admit that maybe I was too hard on the Steelers or too harsh on uh, on them being uh not a great team this year but I think they'll I think they're a fine team or I think and I think they're trending in the right direction I just don't think they're uh yeah like a Super Bowl contender or anything I think they I think they got a, a better chance than of making the playoffs and not making it now. Does that? Yeah, yeah no, and I, I,
0: I totally got that. I came into the season with ten and seven expectations. I, I thought yeah, above five hundred. And, 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 should... and I
1: yeah, and I was thinking eight and yeah, nine. <laughs>
0: so, um, I guess another team that you and I both had kind of tempered expectations for, and you know, not sure how much they were changing in recent weeks, are also maybe up on the up and up uh, after this, and that's your New England Patriots who go into LA and beat what I thought was a really good Chargers team. I was right about them and then wrong about them. Uh regardless, it was <laughs>
1: wrong about them, then right about them and then wrong yeah, about them.
0: Yeah. I um I certainly <laughs> changed my tune a lot on that team, but hey, the 27 to 24 win, Patriots are back to 500 and they are also like the Steelers uh on the playoff bubble a spot that maybe didn't feel like they would be uh just a couple weeks ago. So you seen the team beat a team other than the Jets or the Texans? Or are you kind of starting to sell yourself based on uh, this yeah, one? Yeah,
1: I'm. I'm definitely. It's kind of the similar thing with the Steelers, where with the Patriots, yes, I feel, uh, I I definitely feel better about them right now than I did a week ago because they finally beat an actual football team, and maybe we can question how good the Chargers are, whether if they're uh, an elite team or a. a barely a borderline playoff team or whatever, but they beat an actual football team on other than the Jets and Texans. So, and they did it on the road. And so and it's I think definitely that's a, a good the win. The most
0: impressive aspect of it.
1: Yeah. And, and doing it on the road cross country as well. And yeah, I mean, they, they, they they ran the ball. Well, I think Damian Harris has looked terrific these past few games I mean, it's one thing to look great against the Jets. I mean, of course, he's going to score multiple touchdowns against the Jets. He, I mean, anyone anyone who is a starting running back is probably going to do that facing them. And but to do that in this game is definitely to to play well in this game is definitely impressive. And I know the Chargers probably probably biggest weakness is their run defense. But even even still, I've I like what I've seen from Damien Harris of late. And defensively, it wasn't perfect in this game, but I think they won this game. Not only running the ball, but playing good defense. I think, uh, I mean, I've questioned for sure uh, a lot about the Patriots' offseason pickups on on offense. But I love the Matt Judon pickup. He's been not only was he their best pickup. I think he's their best player on their team. He, he I, actually I don't, might not, be
0: at this point. He was incredible.
1: Yeah, he yeah, he's been terrific all season. And then this game, he had two sacks and he had eight hurries. So he certainly. Uh, flustered Justin Herbert in this game who who did not look good whatsoever. And part of that is definitely on him, but part of that is definitely uh, on the Patriots defense looking as good as they did uh this past weekend and then uh yeah, solid all-around game uh, defensively and not just Matt Judon, but Christian Barmore, another guy who looked great in this game. A, a guy that I thought the Patriots would actually take in the first round. You got him in the second round. <laughs> was actually was actually a second round pick and that was definitely a home run of a of a pick for them, and so, yeah, they won this game running the ball and running the ball well and playing great defense. But at the same time, even though it was a good win, I still have some things to nitpick about the Patriots. I mean, Mac Jones overall, I, I've I've liked what I've seen from him, but I think he had one of his bad, one of his worst games of yeah, this year. I, would agree I think with he, that. yeah, I thought he looked really. Another quarterback who looked flustered in this game. I mean, Justin Herbert did not look good no, in this Herbert game, but I don't terrible, think Mac Jones but... looked... But Mac Jones did not play that much Well,
0: better, look at uh, their stats. They both went 18 for 35. Jones, 218 yards. <laughs> Herbert, 223 yards. <laughs> and then Jones at a 70.9 rating and Herbert at a 66.7 rating. Kind of very eerily similar for a Halloween game.
1: Yeah, and, and then... Yeah, so he didn't look great, but at the same time, maybe his offensive weapons outside of Damien Harris, weren't great. I mean, Kendrick Bourne, he's had a couple of good games, but he had a, a, a terrible fumble in this game, and he he didn't play great. And then uh, defensively, even though I think they overall played well, they still can't stop the run. That's still a problem on this team is stopping the run. And I know Austin Eckler is one of the better running backs in the league. but
0: Justin Jackson, three uh, carries for 79 yards. Anyway, he had a 75-yard yeah, th- touchdown. Or not <laughs> touchdown, <but 75> a <laughs> 75-yard run, but yeah. 75-yard uh-huh. run,
1: yeah. And so, yeah. Not even just Eckler, but also yeah. Justin Jackson, and so that certainly has to be cleaned up. And 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 I also think the Chargers just sucked in this game. Yeah, yeah, they did not Justin
0: play Herbert. well. Herbert. I mean, Jones might have had his worst game. Herbert, I think, did. Uh, I guess maybe the ball yeah, game he, might have been worse, but he had some bad interceptions, like that pick six. The to the one Phillips, in the fourth
1: quarter. Even though it was a great play by Adrian Phillips, it was mostly just a, it was a bad, bad bad, all-around pass. play by know. Herbert and their yeah, offense. Yeah, Jerry
0: Cook, yeah. I don't know how much was that was on him and maybe more just looking as horrible as it did, but it uh, it did not look very good for Herbert. And that, that was what kind of did the Chargers in because the Patriots score there, they get the two-point conversion, and then all they need a field goal later and put it away. And I think that's the thing with Mac Jones is he he had been struggling, but he came in Throws a two point conversion to Kobe Myers, finally catches a ball in the end zone. And no,
1: so he did that in the Cowboys game. He caught a two point conversion that game, but he still doesn't have a touchdown. Oh, I didn't
0: know that he okay.
1: He already, so he already had, he got a two point so conversion, his second two-point already, but he still doesn't yeah. have a touchdown. All right. He still doesn't he have a touchdown. A, he caught a touchdown in de versus Dallas, but there was a it flag on the yep. play. Yeah, I it remember that.
0: So. Uh, but then from there, their, the final driver, all he needed to do was take time off the clock and kick a field goal to go up 10 and seemingly put the game away. He didn't throw an incompletion. He did a really good job, just you know, short passes to move the ball down the field, kill clock, and uh, I think that's something that is going to go a long way for the rookie quarterback. I mean, we've seen a lot of rookies really struggle, and Mac Jones has certainly had his struggles, he, but every game that he's struggled, he's had moments every- where he's looked solid still.
1: Yeah, every game it's it's looked that way, where he's had his moments of not-so-great play, but again, like what you just said, he, there have been moments where he's looked uh, terrific, and there are going to be lo- learning moments for him in every single game, and that's all you can ask for from a rookie is to just strive to get better each and every game, and I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, things seem pretty good for the Patriots right now. I guess, you know, we'll... we'll... Got to mention that they uh, they face the Panthers this weekend. Stephon Gilmore had a game sealing interception against the Falcons. So yeah,
1: and and that sucks because I think the Patriots, yes, they're pretty good defensively, but one they can't stop the run, but two I don't love their situation at corner because I like JC Jackson, but maybe not as a number one corner, maybe as a number two corner for sure. And I I I think Jalen Mills has been pretty bad uh as overall as a patriot he gave up that touchdown to cd lamb to end that game versus dallas and he wasn't even good in that game at all and then he he wasn't very good and <laughs> he hasn't been very good for the past month basically and yeah i didn't I love, the love the that Jalen situ-
0: Mills signing coming into the season some people did yeah but...
1: i i actually thought it was fine and i know he he had his moments in philly where he wasn't great but as a third corner i i was or maybe even fourth corner because they had Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan Jones, Jones still, you now. who who was healthy. Of course, when when Jalen Mills was signed in the off season, and so that's why I was fine with it. It's like, all right, he can be their third or fourth corner, or he could be a safety, versatile guy. I thought that sign. I actually did like that signing, given the value. But he's
0: he's I don't playing like it as above his now. his pay grade now yeah. on the depth chart. And,
1: and and now and now Gilmore is on a different team, and Jonathan Jones is out for the season. Mm-hmm. So now he's playing more than he should and he has more responsibilities than he should. And that I do not like.
0: Yeah. No, and I, I totally get that. Um uh, I think Joan Williams is maybe someone who you can watch out for. It seems like he's somewhat trending in the right direction. But uh yeah, the the Patriots defensive back, you know, really defense, it's still gonna be tested. There's still gonna be some some issues. Yes, a great game against the Chargers. You know, gotta keep it up though. Um some some high powered offenses. We'll see what the Titans look like in late November with Derrick Henry out for the season. Still gotta play the Bills twice. So certainly gonna yeah. have some tests. But that being said, the Patriots are looking like they're starting to put it together and could, you know, find themselves continuing to win games and end up in the uh the postseason picture in the end.
1: What what I like about this win is that now I can look at the schedule and say to myself, hey, maybe they can beat the the Panthers or the Browns or the Falcons and all these teams that are kind of iffy at the moment. Yeah. Teams uh, that aren't not, just the Jets not, not,
0: or the Texans.
1: Right. They're not horrible. They're not the worst of the worst teams like the Jets, Texans, and Lions, but they're they're not great teams and they're winnable games for the Patriots. And and be- before this Chargers game, all I'm thinking to myself is uh outside of the Jets, Texans and that Jags game later in the year, uh, they could lose all these games, but now now I'm thinking to myself, all right they could probably beat this next this next team in the panthers or browns or falcons and so on. so it it definitely gives me a little bit more confidence uh heading into the next game.
0: yeah, so i think we're both in uh similar situations with how we're feeling about our teams. we'll see you know, where we're at after some of these games play out. But, you know, one team, we're talking about the Jets and how bad they looked against the Patriots. They looked pretty good this weekend when they beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Mike White, the first 400-yard passing game for a Jet quarterback since 2000. And right as, uh, you know, I'm coming on saying, oh, the Bengals are for real. They might be the best team in the AFC. They go out and they blow an 11-point fourth-quarter lead in the Meadowlands. And the Jets have their second win of the season.
1: You've jinxed. A lot of teams so far this year. First, it was the Packers, where they get up, they get up blown out by New Orleans, and I'm saying, all right, well, I think they'll still be good, but it wouldn't surprise me if they lose in the divis- divisional round or the NFC Championship game. And you're thinking, I don't even think they're going to make it that far. <laughs> I think they're going to lose in the wild card, and they then they win seven, seven straight row. games. Yeah. And then there was your team where, hey, Brian, you said the Steelers weren't going to be good. Look look at them. They beat the Bills on the road. Then they lost three straight after that. Mm-hmm. Then there was the Titans. Oh, wow, Brian, you said they were going to go 8-9. and nine. After seeing this blowout against the Cardinals, I think you might be right. Nope. nope. They luck out of every close game <laughs> that they've played. Then there was uh, the Chargers. They beat the Browns uh, in a shootout, and you're thinking, "Wow, I wasn't with you, Brian, on the Chargers." But after seeing this, I think they could ho- host the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> eh, wrong. They've sucked since. Then there was the Bengals, who th- they beat the Ravens forty-one to seventeen, and and you're thinking, "Hey, they actually deserve to be the AFC North favorite." Wrong. They lost to the Jets last <laughs> week. So yeah, you've chased a lot of teams, and I don't want to just single you out because I, I, I do it. With with uh, championship picks. Oh, who are you picking? To win the Super Bowl. uh The Chiefs. Why? So the Bucks win. <laughs> Why are you picking the Astros? So the Braves win. I do that shit too. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> so I don't want to just single you out. I definitely get too high or too low on teams. I didn't you know, realize. me in the ass. Yeah, I didn't
0: realize how bad my track record was until you started going trust through. Trust me. <laughs>
1: yeah. After seeing this Jets win, I I had to keep track of. Yeah. Like
0: man, no, that's that's incredible. <laughs> and uh, look, I I love to react in the moment those knee jerks and you know that's what we're doing we react to the the single game and look I don't think that the Bengals season is going to fall apart from here I thought that it was going to or could after their Packers you know horrible overtime loss
1: yeah the the Packers game was for sure disappointing just given how it ended with all those missed field goals by both kickers and that could have easily been a turning point in their season for the worst
0: yeah, but and, then they went out. But, they blew but, out but the then they blow out the Lions, the and then so.
1: and, and and then they blow out the Ravens, who are actually good. Yeah. And so uh-huh. I think I don't think they'll be a one seed. I don't think they'll win the division, but I certainly think that they're a team that can contend for a wild card. Spot. Yeah,
0: they're definitely still a playoff contender. I mean, I still think that they're a dark horse in the AFC when their offense is playing well. This is a game where it's tough because the Jets play the game of their life and. Uh, I mean, it's the Jets. You can't say they only won by three points, but it's still it, like the Bengals. The Bengals blew this game. They had plenty of opportunities to win this, being up thirty-one to twenty against the Jets, and they give up the the touchdown, and then. Uh, it's 31 26 after the failed two point conversion. And what do they do? Joe Burrow throws a kind of a bad interception and tries to throw a screen pass that gets tipped at the line and ends up intercepted. And the, the Jets score. They run the cool, you know, Philly special, Mike White, who, again, phenomenal game. And then.
1: Yeah, Mike White, is he, uh, is he better know, than Zach Wilson? Know. Is there a comp- quarterback I, competition? That's, it, that's another
0: <laughs> one that some of the takes that people are throwing out there about Mike White are going to look so stupid in like three weeks when he's like throwing, like like three interceptions in a game and you are like all right i think zach wilson it's time for him to come back in uh but yeah i, I mean the, i love the stat what
1: I, I saw a stat that said the list of quarterbacks who have thrown for 400 plus yards and their first career start cam newton mike white nice <laughs> that's that's awesome yeah that's a,
0: that's good companies <laughs> uh, and hey it means he's gonna win the mvp someday right yeah, so. probably. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, for the Bengals, like, yeah, you can say that they got screwed by that um, the helmet-to-helmet call and Mike Hilton, that should not have been on him. But, again, you blew a huge lead to the Jets, a team that you should have won by a lot. So I don't think that you can really sit here and say, like, oh, yeah, this, that's it, the refs were out to get us. Like, it was just a bad day, bad day of the office of the Bengals. Um, you know, black and orange team just could not hold their own on Halloween lucky for them the browns come to cincinnati this week so great opportunity for them to get things right yeah good good bounce back game <laughs> yeah so uh i mean I, I think that the bengals will still be fine but if they do totally fall apart from here i'm not going to be that upset so um you know we'll see what goes on with them i i think this will just be one of those games that you look back on later and be like remember when the jets beat the bengals like that was kind of interesting uh, yeah, as, and the Titans. Yeah, right?
1: Granted they didn't have their be- they didn't have either of their starting receivers in that game, but still they, they beat still the pulled
0: Titans. it out. I know, yeah. that's that's all the Jets are going to do. They're just going to beat like a few teams you're like, "How did they win that game?" But then they lost yeah. to the Patriots 54 to 13. They they lost to the Broncos 26 to nothing. So
1: In uh, in all seriousness, though, I mean, of course you're interested in this division being a Steelers fan, but uh, just even being an, a fan of some a team not in the division, I I'm definitely interested on how it, how it looks at the end of the year? Because I think all four teams, no matter how good or bad they've looked, I think all four teams, I think they all, all four of them have a a shot at making the playoffs. So I have. I mean, I, I mean like, the worst one is probably Cleveland right now, the way it's trending. But and that can I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rule. On a I wouldn't basis, rule them so. out right now. No,
0: you can't. No, that's, uh, yeah, I was listening to a podcast uh, where someone said that. The AFC North is the most fun division to watch as, like, a neutral, unbiased observer. Like, if you're a fan of another team, like, it's a fun division to watch, but everyone in there, like, you hate all the other teams, and it's just so intense right now. With, I mean, the Browns, you say that they're makes, the worst team, perfect- but they're still 4-4. Four so.
1: Yeah, that makes perfect sense, actually. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean it's it's fun. There are a lot of fun rivalries in the division, and it's more fun when the the other teams suck and the Steelers are great. But you know, I'm, I'm glad that the the Steelers aren't it's totally passed over by all three of those teams yet. Yeah, um, they were
1: they were losing. They were they were down two games quick. Uh, yeah, the, I know. At week four, they were all three and one except the Steelers, Steelers at one and
0: three. Yeah. Yeah. So glad that they've been able to battle back, even if it was against, you know, maybe lesser than it looks competition. Um, so I guess uh, another game of relevance to you and I guess to me as well, the The Saints beat the Bucs this weekend. So Bucs are six and two. I I knew that the Saints had a very good defense. I did not think that they'd be able to you know harass Tom Brady in the box as much as they did, though. So any concerns from you with this one? Because I know you came to the season thinking undefeated was a possibility, and it's two losses. Yeah, even I, I Yeah, through.
1: I'll admit I did. And that's not, <laughs> of course, that's not going to happen now. But yeah, it's a little concerning that Tom Brady lost to Trevor Simeon. <laughs> yeah, I'll admit, that's, yeah. That's a little bit, that, that, that looks a little bad. Uh, but I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it's just. Uh, I can't say bad loss, but I mean, part of it is because of the when you look at the quarterback matchup, and I, I know Jameis started, but of course he got hurt, but Trevor Simeon is the one who ended the game, and so when you look at the quarterback matchup, I remember Simeon in and Denver and, and the Jets for a little bit. He was not good.
0: There. No, he was not good. And, and
1: he wasn't really that great in this game either. A lot of, a lot of checkdowns, a lot of throwaways, but yeah, so quarterback matchup-wise, yeah, it looks bad, but no, the Saints are definitely better than I thought they'd be like you said defensively I thought I, I thought they had a pretty good defense I didn't know it was this good and so yeah so it's definitely a good win for them and I definitely take the Saints more seriously now than I did to begin the year but how is the quarterback situation gonna look now yeah. Jameis wasn't great no, by any means but but I'd rather have him over Simeon and maybe Taysom if Taysom if is not hundred percent yeah. and yeah if he's if he's not healthy and even if he were healthy. How good of a pocket passer is he now than than in years past? That's still questionable. Yeah. Uh, I I so- was
0: high on the Saints coming into the season thinking Jameis Winston would be the quarterback and it it's crushing that he tore his ACL. And I I was yeah. thinking about this after this happened, he might be the most universally beloved quarterback in the league. Like I don't I can't think of anyone who's higher than him. Like like, who hates Jameis Winston? I think everyone thinks he's a hilarious quarterback to watch because the highs are so high and the lows are so low. I mean, Bucks fans, are, they were frustrated with him, but him being like that got them Tom Brady in a Super Bowl, so they can't really hate him. So right. I, I don't know who would hate Jameis Winston. I think everyone's crushed that he tore his ACL and is, we're not going to see him anymore this season.
1: Did you see the locker room, the Saints locker room yeah, after them they all... won that game? And it showed <laughs> they were all partying. He, yeah, he's on crutches. Seamus is he on his good crutches. Yep. <laughs> I love that. I mean, he probably knew, like, yeah, my season's over. It, I mean, I might as well just go out there and have fun with my teammates. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. It's a
0: huge win against the team that knocked him out of the playoffs the season before. So
1: I, I just thought that video was great.
0: Oh, yeah. No, a lot of fun. They were definitely enjoying Halloween. I, I assume that's why they had, like the like, the smoke. Machines yeah. going off and stuff. So it was a cool celebration. So that being so, said So
1: yeah, I'm not I'm not concerned with the Bucks. I'm sure they'll be fine. They might not be a one seed just given how good the NFC has looked. They're five. The teams Packers, in
0: contention Packers for that.
1: Rams, Cardinals. Yeah, a lot of good teams in NFC. So there probably won't be a one seed, but I, I still think they'll win the division and I still think they'll be fine.
0: They still have a really favorable schedule. There aren't too many yeah. games that look like ooh, this could Part be a of- tough one for them. So
1: Part of the reason why I didn't think it was impossible for them to go twenty 0 is because not only were they great last year, winning it all, but they brought everyone back and they had a mostly a cupcake s- schedule outside of a few games.
0: Yeah, definitely dealt with but, injuries a lot. That's certainly been a a big problem both on you know offense and defense. So, um, I guess that being said, who's the best team in the NFC right now, in your estimation?
1: Oh, that's tough. I mean, I mean, you can you can. You can honestly debate it between L.A., Green Bay, Dallas, and Tampa, and maybe even Arizona. I mean, I still – I don't don't want to say Arizona. I know they were undefeated the longest, but I still – even if they won versus Green Bay, I still wouldn't say them. I still – yeah, so I don't want to take Arizona that seriously, but they are definitely good, and they're definitely a playoff team. But, oh, God, if I had to pick one team, I guess Dallas – I I think Dallas has looked the best if I had to pick. They they've definitely have won some games that I didn't expect them to win, and especially in this last game yeah, winning with a backup Dak quarterback. They got they have amazing weapons on offense, especially at receiver, a great O-line. When Dak is healthy, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and their defense is not as bad as it was as last much year. much improved it's, compared to last especially year. Especially Randy Gregory. He's been great. And yep. then Trayvon Diggs has been a Pro Bowl corner this year. He might be Defensive Player of the Year. If the season ended today, I would say he would be. Uh, so he's certainly – those two are certainly in the running. Yeah, Micah Parsons if I had certainly to pick like
0: Rookie of the Year potential.
1: If you're forcing me to pick, I'll say Dallas. But you can make a it case changes. for – It
0: changes. Oh, I know. And, like, I, I'm, i like, wrestling with this because I'm, like – part of me wants to say the Packers. Like, you know, what they've done the past seven weeks since that loss to the Saints, yeah, and going then, into Arizona and winning – in- like,
1: Without any other Adams, yeah. And no, no Adams, Lazard. no Lazard, no MVS. Nope. And yes, Lazard and MVS aren't that great, but they're the second those and third two. best receivers. Yeah. They lost Tommy in the middle of that a game. They lost in the middle of that game. Yep. ACL. So, yeah, that, that was a good win for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, it part of me wants to say, "Oh, the Packers because of that." But then I'm also like, "Well, the Rams are also 7 and 1. They were the team that I thought coming in this season was going to go to the Super Bowl." Has anything really changed? Like, I know they, you know, they gave up a lot of points to the Texans in the fourth quarter, yeah, but the, the they, last
1: two games they played the Texans and wasn't it Detroit? The Lions. Yeah, Lions yeah, and the Texans. So, yeah, so so yeah, the t- last two weeks I can't really judge too much on them just because they've played crap teams. No, and then I say, even before well, that they look great. They beat the Bucks.
0: Yeah, well, and then the Rams won, lost Arizona. Now it go back. Well, okay, should I still say the Cardinals? Because I know they lost to the Packers, but it, it came down to the last second, and you know maybe that uh, you know that that's not like a, a huge detriment to them. Uh, but then again, the Bucks, like talent wise, when they're fully healthy, it still feels like they should be the best team in the league. They're
1: probably still the quote unquote team to beat because they have Tom Brady and they won it all last year. Yeah, stuff. so they're but- they're five there are five teams you can debate and and all five of them are really good and Uh you're you're really just nitpicking and whatever. It's not really a hot take whichever team you say. And then there's a
0: significant drop off from there with the two wild cards right now being Trevor Simeon Saints and PJ Walker's Panthers with (laughs) Sam Darnold. I don't know if he's gone gone but i know he got hurt at the end there so yeah it is uh it is pretty crazy looking at the nfc versus the afc right now where they're the same kind of thing where it's like we don't really know who the best teams are but it's for totally different reasons so all right i guess real quickly nfl trade deadline was tuesday um not a lot of action I I thought this was gonna be kind of a big one after Von Miller got traded from the Broncos to the Rams on Monday, and then there's just nothing really noteworthy nothing. on Tuesday.
1: I, yeah, really disappointing trade deadline.
0: Yeah, so I guess given that, um, who are some of your biggest winners and losers?
1: So I have literally only one winner. Okay, and it's not even a team. I picked Von Miller. That's that's yeah. the winner, which I think that's totally fair. Th- he's a guy who is a former Super Bowl champion, former Super Bowl MVP, and we can agree to disagree on how we feel about the Denver Broncos as a playoff team, but we Not can as both good agree... Anymore. Yeah, but now we can for sure agree, uh, no matter what part of the year it was, we can for sure agree that they were never a Super Bowl team. No. And so, and they haven't been a Super Bowl team for five years now. Since so, Peyton Manning retired. Right, and so... Von Miller now gets to go to the Rams, who are a legit Super Bowl contender, and yes. so I'd imagine he's just as happy as anybody and motivated to win another one. So I'm. That's he's my... definitely
0: sad to not be in Denver anymore. That was the yeah. only reason why I was like, ah. I mean, like he is when when it comes down to it. Yes, he's gonna be a huge winner going from a team that is not a Super Bowl contender to a team that is a Super Bowl contender. Uh, absolutely makes him a big winner. So, um, what about some big losers?
1: Okay, so I have a lot of losers. Yeah, One, Odell Beckham. Yep, I have him. Being stuck in Cleveland Uh and not being able to get traded. And now, because he's still in Cleveland, I'd imagine his situation won't get much better. And so he's definitely a loser in this situation for the deadline. And then Brandon Cooks (laughs) being stuck in Houston. Even though they traded Mark Ingram and they should be total sellers, they decided to keep their... Outside of Deshaun Watson, their best asset, and so Brandon Cooks is just wasting his time in in Houston, and so he's stuck there for whatever reason, even though he certainly could have been traded to a contending team for sure. So he's a loser in this uh, in the trade deadline. Um, another loser that I have was uh, the Rams' scouting department. because they don't have work the rams the rams have four draft picks in the twenty two twenty twenty two 2022 nfl draft they have a third round pick uh, a fifth rounder and two seventh rounders and nice I mean, if you're a Ram scout, like, oh, what about this guy? What about that guy? Uh, what about Von Miller? Let's go trade for him. Yeah. Oh, what about that guy? What about this guy? Uh, let's go get Stafford. <laughs> just, you're just wasting your time if you're a part of the scouting department for, for the LA Rams because you're, 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 your draft picks are just going to get traded for star players anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Um, so they're losers. And then the last loser I have is the National Football League, the NFL. Yeah. Yep. The NFL is great during the Rego season. They have great playoffs. They have a great it's great in the off season. It's great during the draft. It's great all year round. Trade deadlines not so great. And then this one was the worst of them all.
0: Yeah, this the trade deadline is always very disappointing, but I convince myself that something something big would happen this year like there are a lot of big names that we're talking about and like I get Deshaun Watson not being moved for his legal issues but there's still a lot of other names that felt like could be moved and it was just kind of disappointing just not really seeing anything significant
1: yeah so even though I thought Watson would get moved I totally understand why he didn't that situation is very tricky to handle I'd imagine teams like the Dolphins Panthers or whoever else was interested in Watson they wanted assurance that he would probably play or that Houston would pay a certain amount of his deal or whatever. And that he wouldn't go something. to jail. So. Yeah, that that's probably the biggest yeah. point. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I know. And it it, made, it never made any sense that that would get resolved before the trade deadline. So Yeah,
1: so I'll admit, I, I kind of uh, changed my opinion on that as it got closer to the deadline. So, yep. But even so, like you said, Odell, Brandon Cooks, a lot of other players that easily could have been moved that weren't.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I I agree with you. I said that, you know, Odell and fans in general were biggest losers, but I mean, I don't think the Steelers were the biggest loser, but I do think they were losers. Um, certainly some holes, they could have gone out and improved the team, and all they did was trade Melvin Ingram to a conference rival for a six-round pick, which six-round pick for Ingram is whatever, but the fact that <laughs> I, I've i been hearing that he has this big market and the Chiefs are the only team that we're really interested
1: yeah, now that you mention it, I kind of wish the Patriots did something. I, like I said earlier, I, I wish that they had more help at corner after J.C. Jackson. Yeah. I don't love that situation there with Jalen Mills as their second guy. Well, I'd imagine other guys like Jawan Williams or whomever will step up, but I don't love their situation at corner after J.C. Jackson. And then I, I've said several times, right, that they can't stop the run, so I wish they had more help at maybe linebacker because a lot of the linebackers that they have are guys that are – Pretty much all of them, outside of Uche, are out of their prime. And, uh, I mean, outside of Barmore and Judon, it is kind of a drop-off after those two guys in terms of production on that side of the ball. And so, yeah, I wish they got a little bit more help defensively, even though they've looked fine. And and then offensively, I know they have a lot of weapons, but I don't love any of them. I, I, I mean, Damian Harris is probably the best one, just given how he's looked of late. And I'm definitely a big Jacoby Myers fan. I wish he'd score a touchdown already, but even so, he's definitely been productive, but I don't I still don't love that he's technically their number one receiver and I wish they had a just a better receiving core. I don't Sean know. Sean Jackson's
0: so- on the market now.
1: I mean, Deshaun I Jackson's mean. <laughs> like fifty years old too, though. Uh,
0: yeah, no, I, I, I with Mac Jones
1: but, too. As a Mac Jones doesn't throw the deep ball.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's some Steelers saying Deshaun Jackson to the Steelers, and like, uh, how's what's Big Ben gonna do with Deshaun Jackson? So, uh, I, yeah, I mean, th- there were certainly places that the Steelers could have seemingly improved on defense, and you know, just only subtracting Ingram is disappointing. But I also get it that the Steelers don't have a whole lot of midday picks because they make a lot of trades in the offseason like a fifth round pick for Akilah Witherspoon who's been inactive all but one game this season so uh, that's definitely been frustrating but with that that'll wrap up our NFL talk for the week and we'll move on and we'll talk some college football as the initial rankings are here Uh, I was watching them live as we were starting to record so the committee unsurprisingly Georgia number one Not too surprisingly, Alabama number two, but then from there, Michigan State three, Oregon four, Ohio State five, Cincinnati six, with Oklahoma eight, Wake Forest nine, Notre Dame ten. So who's seven? Who am I missing at seven? Uh, I should pull pull this up.
1: Did you say Oklahoma already?
0: Yeah, they had Oklahoma at eight, which I was surprised that they were that low. I thought that they would be higher. Um, Seven. Oh, Michigan at seven. So, yeah, so Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan, Oklahoma, Wake Forest, Notre Dame. Top four is Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati on the bubble. What are your thoughts on the initial reactions? Did the committee get it right, what you are expecting?
1: So, you can tell me more about Oregon than I could, but I actually do like the top three. Georgia at one, I mean, that's that's a given. That was that's obvious, even, yeah. That's not even debatable. Uh, I mean Alabama. I know they have a loss, but they're still Alabama, and they lost to Texas A&M. They're they're a 13 seat. They're 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 a top they're a top 15 team, right? Uh, right have, yeah. That?
0: The committee put A&M 14 right now.
1: Yeah, and they're they're obviously legit, and they're I'd imagine they'll make the playoff anyway. And um, and then Michigan well, it State. Well, depends. I they,
0: mean, if, if the two of them face each other in an SEC championship uh, game. True. But, true. But yeah. yeah, for now, I agree they should be one and two, and that that's yeah. where the drama starts from there.
1: And then. Michigan State, I would put three. I I thought that win versus Michigan was great. Definitely one of the huge better one. games. Yeah, top yeah, 10 definitely victory. a huge win. I think they they deserve to be in the top four, in my opinion. Uh, what if you think it's three or four, or you may, might not even think they should be in the top four? But I think they do. I think they. I think that's a win that should put them in the top four. And then now at four, I thought it was either going to be Cincinnati or Oklahoma, but I was going to get your thoughts on how you felt about those teams, but. The committee actually ranks them worse than I thought they'd be, I, because Cincinnati. Okay, they're undefeated, but they've had the hundredth ranked uh, toughest schedule in the in the in the nation. I mean, <laughs> okay, like going eight and zero against with a schedule like that. I mean, that's like going eight zero and having eight games versus the Jets. I mean, how seriously well, should seri- how seriously should Cincinnati be taken if they've had that easy of a schedule? They beat
0: Notre Dame on the road. Okay. And that's a top 10 win. Okay. So, so, that's their, so that's their best win. That's their best win. I mean, so here's the thing. Oregon has the best win in the country, winning at Ohio State back in September. So I, I love that the committee put Oregon 4 I right ahead of Ohio State. forgot about that. Yeah. Right. Michigan State beating Michigan, I guess, is the second best. At the time, it would have been Cincinnati over Notre Dame. But the committee clearly is high in Michigan if they're putting them number 7. I personally would put Cincinnati and Oregon at three and four, with Ohio State, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Michigan. I guess. I mean, I don't even know where I'd put Michigan. So, but Ohio The State, thing was, yeah,
1: I would have put whoever won that game, given that they were ranked five and six at the time. Whoever won that game, I think, deserves Michigan, to be. Michigan, Michigan. They were State. five and yeah, they whoever six won that eight. game. So, oh, six and eight. Okay, they were top two top ten teams or top eight teams. So. I thought whoever won that game deserved to be in the top four, especially just given the the records of everyone else around them. With not no, and, and many that's other fair. undefeated teams left. Yeah, and so, so you also would have left Oklahoma out.
0: I would have left four. Oklahoma out top yeah, four. Yeah, so I, I just don't think that Oklahoma's schedule is I, that much better than some of these other teams.
1: The thing is, I know they're nine and zero, but. They've they've barely won games against teams that they should kill. They 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 beat Tulane by five points. They Who beat Cincinnati Nebraska just
0: beat by nineteen.
1: Yeah, and they beat Nebraska by a touchdown. They beat West Virginia by a field goal. K State by six points. But Texas by a touchdown. Yeah, Texas and Texas is they, their best win. They were losing to Kansas in the first right? half. Kansas, yeah. sucks. and that
0: was with Caleb Williams too. That was after they that was that's rough, not a thing. They, they're.
1: Spencer Rattler is not even their starting quarterback right now, and I don't know. I don't. I, I'm not the college football expert, but I don't think Oklahoma is a top four uh, worthy team right now. No, at least, no. So I, I have
0: no problem with them being slated number eight. I mean, I, I probably would have put them above Michigan just because they're undefeated, but there's plenty of time for that to change still because Oklahoma State's last three games at Baylor versus Iowa State at Oklahoma State, Baylor and Oklahoma State, they're both. Top fifteen matchups right now. Top twelve. Oklahoma State's eleven. Bailey's twelve. So they have opportunities to prove themselves, and they'll probably get another, you know, ranked victory if they finish off um, in the Big Twelve championship game. So if they're thirteen and zero, then yeah, Oklahoma at that point is probably going to play itself into the top four. But right now, I'm totally fine with them being well on the outside behind someone the some one loss teams.
1: The only difference we really have is I'd put Michigan State in the top four, and you'd put Oregon. Is that correct?
0: I'd put Cincinnati. I, I like them putting Well, Oregon. no,
1: I, see, the thing is, I know I just crapped on Cincinnati, but, I mean, <laughs> they are undefeated, and I did forget about that Notre Dame game, so. Yeah, and you know I what? guess Michigan State,
0: it comes down to whether Michigan State beating Michigan at home is a bigger win than Cincinnati being Notre Dame on the road. And I personally lean towards Cincinnati, which is why I'd have Michigan State 5 and then Ohio State 6 after Cincinnati, I, I, Oregon, but.
1: I guess a reason why i I I don't take Notre Dame as seriously is because I I just I think there's such a disappointing uh, playoff team or college football playoff team or national championship team because they got they, they, I always see them get killed by Alabama I know Alabama's just yeah, a juggernaut but I, I mean know. Alabama just, and Clemson
0: beat them up every time
1: yeah it's just okay they're they're ranked near Alabama and Clemson several years but every time they play them they get their butts kicked by those two teams and just I don't know I'll admit but you I do say
0: that about almost every team you can say that against <laughs> about Oklahoma you even say that about Ohio State and I know Ohio State finally beat Clemson last year but I mean those two teams have been so dominant that I I get it I get that you get tired of seeing teams constantly you know up there but they they're clearly not at those other teams levels but I do think that Notre Dame is still a very good team this year maybe not as good as last year um but I, I I'm just glad that the committee at least put Cincinnati in the in the final graphic at number six and that they, they didn't drop them even lower behind some of these other one loss teams I mean, because that shows they're at least respecting Cincinnati yeah at this
1: point. I mean even if they've had an easy schedule or easier schedule than other teams they deserve to be are either in it or just out of it?
0: Yeah. So Ohio State's last two games versus Michigan, or versus Michigan State at Michigan. I think that those two games are going to really play a huge factor in who ends up getting in from the Big Ten. And I don't think Big Ten sending two teams. So
1: yeah. Uh, and I saw I saw before we came on the percentage chance of these teams making it and Alabama and Georgia of course had a high chance but Michigan State even though after after their win versus Michigan they said that there was like whatever stat index or whatever said that they actually still only have like a 16 percent chance of making the playoff even even as good as they've been
0: yeah I mean it's I don't know exactly how they use those numbers but I mean this I'm sure that there's a lot of past history and bias that gets thrown in there so i think cincinnati being number six is actually the highest a group of five team has ever been ranked because seven was the highest they were last year so um yeah i mean i think that ultimately cincinnati is gonna get screwed over in the end i think someone's gonna leapfrog them because you know oklahoma finishes 13 and 0 wins the big 12 or oregon 12 and 1 wins the Pac 12 but
1: even if the committee gets it right there definitely been years Where they're just biases and they can't help it. I I remember Mm -hmm. the very first year they had the college football playoff. It was Alabama, Oregon, Florida State, and Ohio State. Those are four great college football teams, at least, or especially at the time. And the two teams that, that that were left out were uh TCU and Baylor and it's because Cause those big two teams are Big Twelve teams and Big Twelve a Big Twelve Championship. And so yeah. and they're those two schools, football wise especially, aren't as were as big as the other four. And so they had to be left out. And so there are biases that the committee just <laughs> always has to factor in.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm going to see how everything plays out, but I have been very frustrated with the committee over the years, and I, I'm getting frustrated with the system as a whole, and it just feels like think, something needs to change.
1: Do you think it should be expanded? Because if you say yes, well, it's like, well, what if this keeps happening where, like, oh, this team should be instead of that team? Like, we should expand I it think, to 16, and right, it just keeps going on and on. I do think on, it's so. going,
0: I think there is a breaking point. Um, I don't. I personally don't want it more than eight. I guess yeah, you can it, it maybe can't be more than... twelve to give the top four a bye. But even that feels like overkill.
1: I think I think eight would be a good number.
0: Yeah, so I know that it's certainly been a topic of debate. It does seem like the uh, you know the powers that be are considering making some changes, and there's gonna be a lot of expansion and realignment and stuff in the coming years. So it's possible that the playoffs just naturally get changed because of that.
1: I and mean, you've been very vocal about the. <laughs> conference alignments and i don't blame you just mm-hmm. given how many teams are in the acc and big 10 compared to the big 12 and bunch Pac-12, of super conferences whatever. that yeah.
0: aren't geographically correct so. that too yeah <laughs> yeah
1: with with texas and uh i think it's texas and oklahoma right they're both going to sec yeah they're
0: both going to the sec
1: yeah yeah
0: i mean ultimately in terms of the rankings, like I was thinking, I'd be more disappointed by what the committee did. I was prepared for disappointment. Um, you know, for the most part, like I get Michigan State being three. I I had three of the four where I expected them to be, and I.
1: understand Ohio eventually, State right now, but yeah, and if they lose eventually, uh, especially to a team in their in their uh, conference, I'd imagine that they'll be taken out of the top four anyway
0: oh for sure i mean they're only getting in if they go undefeated if and, they go
1: undefeated right
0: yeah, yeah. and hey smu is 23 in the ap poll they're not in the top 25 in the college football playoff ranking so take that I mean, one away and actually i don't know if houston they houston is who they no yeah houston's not even either and that's who they would probably play in the uh conference championship game so the committee not doing cincinnati any favors in that regard um at this point, they don't stand to pick up any more ranked wins. So I guess hey, I maybe, should be if they, upset.
1: maybe if they go undefeated and not make the college football playoff, they could they could do what UCF did and just say, <laughs> just put up. No, a... you know what? That's silly.
0: <laughs> I was I did not respect UCF at all that year. So I actually have respect for Cincinnati because they actually play some good competition. They picked up some big wins. So I, I would like joking. to see them going. No, I get it. But <laughs> I would like to see them keep it going. So I guess, you know, with that, uh one last college football topic. So uh, did you hear the news coming out of Austin, Texas with their special teams coordinator, Jeff Banks, and his uh, pet monkey? Really? All right, well, I guess I'll tell this story because it was, like, the big story in college football and Twitter yesterday. So it all started with... uh some reporter, Tom Campbell, I assume based in Austin, I don't know, saying I'm hearing a report from a credible source that Texas Longhorn special teams coach Jeff Banks's monkey allegedly attacked and seriously hurt a young trick or treater last night on Halloween. The monkey's jaws apparently had to be pried off the small child. And it just gets it gets insane from there. So Jeff Banks, he's a special teams coordinator for Texas. He was at Alabama the past few seasons, went to Texas um, with Steve Sarkeesian when he got the head coaching job there. Apparently, Banks left his wife and kids recently, you know, a few years ago, for a stripper named Pole Assassin who has a pet monkey named Gia who occasionally joins her on stage during her performances. So I guess... This monkey was in the backyard at a Halloween party that they were throwing on Sunday where it was supposed to be a haunted house section for the kids and a party section for the adults. And uh, somehow a kid ended up wherever the monkey was and the the uh this pole assassin who apparently she was on J- the uh, jerry springer show a few years ago the jerry springer show going as far as say she was the goat the greatest pole dancer of all time um she so she uh went on a twitter rant as this news starts coming out saying it's all a lie it's the kid's fault it was blocked off section like you know, he wasn't allowed to go back there and clearly he was like sticking his fingers in the cage so the kid is 11 or 12 years old according to these tweets so not that tiny of a child you know i'm sure that a a monkey could still affect a kid that young i certainly hope the kid is okay but this is an incredible story just the way that you know she was going out she eventually deleted her twitter someone convinced her to but not after posting a video Uh, of her walking through the backyard and be like oh like oh i cleaned up already but like you could see that she put a sign that says do not enter emotional support animals just like zip tied on a a piece of paper written in marker very clearly looked like she just put it up like 20 minutes before the video not doing herself any good with that really Uh, but it was just an incredible story going on during the Monday night football game and a lot of people (laughs) were just constantly bringing out new stuff Uh, some Texas A&M based reporter uh, because this guy he was actually the interim head coach at A&M after Kevin Sumlin was fired a few years ago she was saying that this guy was like accidentally texted her one night thinking that she was one of his side pieces and um yeah so jeff banks i i think he's supposedly an up-and-coming like guy like he could end up being a head coach someday and, and this could be a story that keeps on giving i definitely recommend like looking into this and you know seeing more because it's just an incredible story
1: yeah I, I was looking into it as you were explaining the story and uh, I I may, <laughs> I was speechless <laughs> the yeah, entire time right. listening to
0: that. <laughs> I know. I, I don't even have like a take to say on this other than I hope the kid's okay, and I hope that there's even more that comes out in the next few days because it's just incredible.
1: He seems like a great role model.
0: <laughs> uh, all right. With that, let's get into five questions. So... It is it's November now, Halloween is over, so question number one is many consider the start of the Christmas season to begin immediately after Halloween on November first. What's your opinion on this controversial
1: topic? That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it should not start November first the It should start December first, and you know I take it back. The absolute earliest Christmas season should begin is. Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And Black Friday, most people are probably shopping for themselves, but I'd imagine people are also Christmas shopping as well for friends or family. And so Black Friday is the absolute earliest Christmas should be celebrated. It, I should not see November 1st to Thanksgiving. I shouldn't see a single Christmas light or Santa decoration or reindeer antlers on cars. I I shouldn't see a single thing Christmas-related from now to Thanksgiving.
0: But that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) So I I disagree a little with that. Um, I did actually... In 2018, I started listening to Christmas music on November 1st just to see what you know all the fuss was about starting that early. And I was sick of it by the time December rolled around. So I realized that's way too early. I don't have a problem with Christmas becoming a thing before Thanksgiving, though. I don't think that we need to reserve the entire month of November and say, oh, Thanksgiving, like, it's a holiday. It needs its own season. I love Thanksgiving week. We did our top five weeks of the year. And Thanksgiving Day is like the fourth or fifth fifth best day of the week. So to me, Thanksgiving Day itself doesn't need to, we don't need to wait. But November 15th at the absolute earliest, November 20th, you know, give it some time. You can kind of get into it. Give us some time to still enjoy fall. And then, you know, maybe if you have a snowfall come in, that's when it's okay. Like, source can start playing Christmas music. You can kind of get there, kind of get into the spirit. I don't think it needs to wait until right after Thanksgiving, but... November 1st, I'm never doing that again. I'm never celebrating that early. Christmas tree, I probably wouldn't put that up before Thanksgiving. Um, you know, historically that's God always no. been my thing is after, but I do think you can kind of start getting away with it a little before, like a week, week and a half before Thanksgiving.
1: I I mean, all right. I mean, some of those are valid points, but I'm still sticking with what I said. Black Friday right, that's, that's or later. Fair.
0: No, I totally get it. I I think that you know Christmas being a month long is plenty long enough, but I'm fine with it being six weeks long.
1: I mean, I do agree with you on one thing you said that Thanksgiving Day is is like the fifth best day of that week. <laughs> yeah, you bet. Yeah, oh, it,
0: it all. I mean, it depends on if um, you have to work on Wednesday or not. How high up Tuesday or is. or Friday? But, yeah, I mean, well, I guess I assume that you know Black Friday is a good day for everyone. I will not be working the day after Thanksgiving. I can oh, tell you that.
1: No shot. Even, even if uh. I mean, even if we had to work that day, I I I would just call out. Like I wouldn't. Yeah, think, it was too much. Well, why, why are you not coming right? in? Yeah, right. why are you Get not coming in? Because I don't want to. Right. <laughs> I'm busy. Yeah. This so is my one time to shop to for yep. for good prices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Absolutely. All
1: right. Question number two: Which national landmarks interest you the most and the least to want to visit?
0: So. I think that least had a lot more things I could throw out there um, than most. I've never been someone who like, so I love history, but I've never been someone who necessarily just appreciates like statues and buildings just for the sake of it. Um, So for me, the place that I would most want to go in terms of a national landmark is the Grand Canyon out in Arizona. Um, I've been to Vegas a ton. Grand Canyon is not that far away. I think one of these times I gotta gotta make the day trip out there, really check it out. I actually had a friend who was just there um, last week, and it seemed really cool. So um, I would love to go out there, you know, see Sedona as well, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think it'd be fun to just you know spend some time in the desert and just uh, you know enjoy that you know beautiful hole that we have out there. <laughs> um, and then for my least. One that i 'd want to do again, i don't think that I'm going to talk about like a statue or a building, even though i don 't have interest. a place where people actually go to it um, for me it's Mount Rushmore. I have zero interest in going to South Dakota just to look at a bunch of president's faces that were made by some team of actual humans it's not even like it's like a natural thing it's just a man made thing. I have no interest in going out there like you you can look at a picture and I don't think it would be that much cooler to see it in person. And even then, like, what are you going to do from there? At least in Arizona, you have so many other stuff to do. You're just stuck in South Dakota now. So Mount Rushmore is definitely the one I'm least interested in seeing.
1: All right. So in terms of ones that I would most like to visit, this is kind of a bunch combined into one, but I've never have been to Washington, D.C. And I'm kind of like you where I... I, I probably don't appreciate history as much as other people. And, uh, and, and yeah, like... I
0: wouldn't say history. Stat- I'd say yeah, and statues, statues and Statues buildings. are just statues. It's yeah. kind
1: of whatever. But I think it'd be kind of cool just once to visit the White House, Capitol Building, Washington Monument, a few other things in Lincoln Washington, D.C. Yeah, just tour toward- Washington, D.C., and... And look at all the history and, and even though I don't even like politics, I just think it'd be cool one time to, to visit there and 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 see everything and so it's kind of a combined into one Yeah, kinda no, I mean thing. that's and, fair.
0: I've driven through DC. I love Baltimore. I don't know. I mean I assume I would I would like D C um if I were to go there. It's a it's a place I've thought about going a lot and I've just never taken the time to actually plan a trip.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not that I'm dying to visit there. Just I just think it'd be yeah. one time. It'd be kind of neat to visit. Oh, for see. sure. I mean, I think it's yeah. a place
0: that everyone should go.
1: Yeah, and then in terms of least, uh, least want to visit, uh, one. So one that I have visited, but no interest in really going back. I, I've seen the Niagara Falls. First glance, it's kind of nice. It, it is, but after a while, it's just a waterfall.
0: <laughs> well, so were you on the U.S. side?
1: Both. So I went okay. to. So. I traveled there from Buffalo to driving north and then crossed the border and stayed at a hotel that had a view of Niagara Falls. And it's a nice view. But it's just yeah. a waterfall. <laughs> like, no, I mean I, I get that. Yeah, I a I a enjoy big, big going waterfall. to Niagara
0: Falls, but I, I don't know that I need to go back anytime exactly. soon. Yeah. You know, if...
1: It's 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 nice, it's neat, it's it's first glance it, it definitely catches your eye, but after that. It's just a waterfall, <laughs> but yeah. uh, another one. Uh, you 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 took it, yeah. Mount Rushmore. I don't need to see. <laughs> it, I mean, it, maybe it'd be kind of cool in person, and maybe I'd change my mind. But I all I I think is just it's just four presidents' faces. That, and you're
0: like, in South Dakota. You
1: yeah, know, you're like, in South right. Dakota. I'm I'm sure it's a pain now in what? ass to get there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, what else is in South Dakota either? I mean, uh-huh. after after you see. The, the the mount rushmore i don't know yeah
0: and, it, and like i think your know, grand canyon is somewhat feels like the middle of nowhere but at least you have you have phoenix you have vegas you have places around that you can easily go to from there so i think it'd be worth worth the trip so, while yeah you're out there.
1: So, so grand canyon i thought about putting in least want to visit but but that's what what you just said is what i would say as well is that it could be just something on the way to something better like vegas or Air, whatever, you're, wherever you're going, that waste it's management a, open. It's it's something that it's a night. Wait, what?
0: The waste management open? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's in Arizona. Race. I would,
1: I would, I honestly, if any golf tournament besides the Masters, I, yeah. 17th hole waste management open, I would consider it. Yeah, sounds like a fun it, time. it seems like a party, but yeah, but yeah, Grand Canyon. I think it'd be nice to just uh, uh to stop by and 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 see the view and whatever and. I saw it uh, on the way to Vegas. I, I didn't have the window seat, but I could see out the window that, like, oh, I, that's the Grand Canyon right there. That's kind of cool. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, that's uh, cool. Mount Rushmore would would definitely be my top one as well. But I guess Niagara Falls, even though I've already seen it, like, would be the runner up choice. But okay. but Mount Rushmore, I completely agree with.
0: Yeah, which I mean that that makes sense in terms of a place that you don't want to go back to. That you've already right. been. Um, All right. Question three. A California man paid off his debt by using a Six Flags premium dining pass to eat most of his meals for just one hundred fifty dollars annually for the last seven years. Uh, So I guess before we get into the actual question, this is a crazy story. So some guy from California, I think his name's Dylan. uh, This is in a New York Post article. They reported on him finding out that one of his uh co-workers at his internship spent about fifteen hundred dollars a month eating out in california and he's like i don't want to do that and he found out that six flags which is open 24 7 and um it's not in la but it's like one somewhere in southern california (laughs) they have a a premium dining pass which gets you two meals free parking and you know admittance into the park for 110 dollars annually i they threw out the number 150 i don't know if that's including like tax or whatever but he spent about 150 dollars annually just going to six flags during his lunch break and after work and getting whatever amusement park food he wanted there and they said over seven years like he was spending about 50 cents a meal on this so i'd
1: imagine he so of course he saved a lot of money but i'd imagine he also didn't eat very healthy
0: no well yeah he said he put on a lot of weight in the beginning and eventually they had like healthier options there it's yeah it is a really interesting article i I have it pulled up here um was like yeah like they uh so he's an electrical engineer which i'm sure also helped with this but basically he's able to pay off his student debt and he got married and bought a house in los angeles so look he saved a lot of money it obviously worked out (laughs) a lot of these photos are like oh like Pulled pork, jalapeno, mac and cheese with looks like some kind of like garlic twist, and um, yeah, I mean certainly, yeah, funnel cakes. Uh, I guess you can get a snack with it as well. But he said that uh, yeah, it it got dangerous because you know from his meal he would get he would eat his meal and then he also could get like dipping knots, Sundays, Churros, Pretzels started putting on weight and he said they've got decent options now still a lot of bad food, I mean it's theme park foods you can't expect too much from them you find the options that aren't terrible stuff like tri-tip sandwiches and vegan options like black bean burgers and meatless meatball subs like, <laughs> I just can't imagine wanting to do that, I, hey look, he saved a lot of money he talked about loving the Thanksgiving dog which is just a hot dog with you know, cranberry sauce and stuffing and mayonnaise, um I guess he has some nice holiday stuff, but yeah, I mean, he made it work, and it worked out really well for him and I can't imagine that either of us have done anything crazy like this no. for financial flexibility. what is the craziest thing I mean, that you've done in that i mean spirit?
1: i'll I'll answer the question, but yeah it I came up with something, but it's certainly not as crazy as that, and I'm jealous of that guy, even if he put on a lot of weight,
0: like you but, would want to do that. Well, (laughs) the saving money part or the, yeah, that's the part. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like the saving money part, like buying a house and uh, paying off student loans and like all of the great things that he did. Uh, That sounds great. Um, The craziest thing I would say there are definitely stretches where I will just spend barely anything on food where I'll just, I'll get, there'll be stretches where I'll, I'll just get fruit and ramen noodles for several straight days or weeks or whatever and just eat that. And I remember one summer uh, I went to Taco Bell so much because, well, one, I love Taco Bell, but two, there was one summer where I went so much that they had this orange freeze that during happy, quote unquote, happy hour during like two o'clock in the afternoon or whatever, it'd be a dollar. And they had these flatbreads that I put in my top five Taco Bell uh, foods. They, they used to have these flatbreads that they would sell for like a buck fifty or whatever, and I, and I love both of those. Oh, so I much. remember those. Yeah, yeah, combine two something, <laughs> like uh, this big orange slushy drink that was great, and and f- couple steak or chicken flatbreads for a few bucks, and I would go so often that. Like yeah, I would gain weight, but it was I would save a lot of money. You'd Save a lot going, of money. That was yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Taco eating Bell. Taco Bell every day. Like yeah, I, like, <laughs> I, and I I I must have gone on average every other day. Not even joking.
0: Yeah, I mean that was me my second semester freshman year. I mean that wasn't for financial flexibility. It was just it was on my meal plan, and <laughs> they had a right. Taco <laughs> and, Bell in the dining but, hall. But
1: and I mean most of it it was just because it was great, but it it was saving me a bunch of money because like I would spend. If it wasn't that, I'd be spending. Money at restaurants for much more expensive uh, prices.
0: Yeah, like $1,500 a month, like uh, Dylan's coworker. So, yeah. <laughs> <it's,
1: laughs>
0: yeah, you got to go to Six Flags or Taco Bell instead, more bang for your buck
1: yeah so that that's the best thing I can come up with i I wish I came up with something better, but that was the best thing i can no
0: with. i I totally get that i um I've been pretty lucky um in that I haven't had to stress over money a ton, you know even going back to college days um you know and I could say something like going to university of south carolina instead of villanova or northeastern because i didn't have to take out a ton of student loans like i would have at those schools but it didn't feel like a crazy thing or moving out of downtown raleigh to save a ton of money on rent and cut down my commute again that's not a crazy thing like yeah i don't have regrets over either though so yeah
1: th- there are things where i've done to save money and pay off all my student loans but like th- there's nothing crazy like <laughs> no, this guy I, about it <laughs> i mean
0: the more i think about it though i think the craziest thing that i ever did to gain financial flexibility was spending the summer between my senior year of high school and freshman year of college doing a maintenance internship that started at 6 a.m monday through friday and you know went till three thirty in the afternoon and instead of enjoying my summer like a lot of our friends did i would have to Wake up at five a m to go you know watch paint dry like literally there's one day at work where I watch glue dry, and I made some money, I had some uh you know some stuff saved up to go to school, and it certainly went a long way in terms of me having fun at college, um, you know making those extra you know hundred bucks. But I do think you know thinking back on it, it was kind of crazy. I don't know if it boosted my resume um, all that much, but um you know it certainly did help me enjoy college a little more at the expense of not enjoying my last summer uh before going to college as much so again not like a great one but
1: yeah we didn't have great ones but it was a (laughs) heck of a story and yeah
0: for sure i definitely wanted to talk about
1: it so yeah i I apologize (laughs) Uh, question number four in last week's episode we counted down our top five biggest fears what's something a lot of people tend to be afraid of but you are not
0: so I don't know if it's the number one fear in this country anymore. Um, Washington posted an article back in 2014 where um, it was, uh, in terms of like who they surveyed, the highest percentage, and that is public speaking. I, I'm not so, afraid of public speaking at all.
1: So like, I was going to answer the question saying, before I get to mine, I forgot to mention one thing that <laughs> would have been my top five fears- and that was public speaking. I yeah? hate public speaking. I I mean, yeah, I I it sucks presenting in front of classes I've had to do in elementary, middle and high school. Oh, I hate it. <laughs>
0: See, I when I was like really going through puberty, I didn't like it. Like it, I don't know if that was just a coincidence, but um, yeah, I mean, I'll still get nervous for presentations like most people, but uh, I, I don't have an issue with it at all. I I uh, feel yeah. very comfortable up there. I think it's fun giving presentations and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do not have a, a fear of public speaking at all.
1: It Terrifies me. <laughs> you realize you're speaking to
0: the public every time we do this, right?
1: yeah and i i still 100 episodes in i still stumble on my words <laughs> <laughs> it is you easier the audience, when
0: if, like you don't know who's listening can
1: you imagine if the audience was looking at me right audience. now yeah like oh yeah the 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 patriots uh they, they, they play <laughs> they play great yeah last sunday <laughs> no <I> mean <laughs> that'd no. be me right now yeah
0: yeah okay no i mean that's 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 fair it is very different um yeah, for me, like, public speaking. It was, it was funny because I, I was looking at the other things on the list. Heights was up there, uh, like, bugs and spiders, needles and blood. Like, those are all in the top five. And, then, yeah, number one, public speaking. I was like, oh, there's one that I'm not afraid of. Yeah. Um, so, and I public guess...
1: spe- so public speaking is yours.
0: Yeah, so what's yours?
1: So I came up with a few. Uh, okay. I am I do
0: have a bonus I'm one, definitely – I'm
1: someone that I'm not afraid to put big money on – uh, betting on games or or fantasy football or or playing poker like like in Vegas when I played in that poker tournament for a few hours and you guys watched me and <laughs> yeah uh, I wasn't I wasn't afraid to spend my money big big money uh to enter the tournament and I did fine and even if I lost it, I, I sometimes I win sometimes I lose and things like that and but I'm not afraid to do it I think and I think there are there are plenty people that aren't, but I think there are plenty people that are afraid to. Probably
0: more people who should be afraid to do it. Yeah, given, <laughs> given I probably they... should.
1: I probably should be more <laughs> afraid to do some of that stuff. But uh-huh. I mean, I mean, when we were there, I, I was, I didn't want to play craps or blackjack, or I suck at blackjack. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, and and roulette. And I, so I was afraid to do that, but like betting on the games, like I bet like f- half a dozen games, and, and I, I I wasn't worried about it because I was confident in myself in that. And so that's something I'm not afraid of is, is is that, but uh one thing I mentioned last week, uh roller coasters. Well so we, we talked about heights and I'm not and I talked about how I love the rides that are that go way up and then have a big jump. I think there are playing people that aren't afraid of roller coasters, but I think there are playing people that are. Oh, uh, for sure, yeah. So I mean, roller coasters would be one. Same to,
0: concept uh, as heights, but Yeah. In I, in general, yeah.
1: When when I was in Middle school, uh, I remember one summer my family and I, and like mom's side of the family, like Filipinos, like Filipino side of the family, we would go to war Country all the time because we had season passes, and uh, and it was definitely a lot of fun going in the Lazy River and the pools and whatever. But my cousins never wanted to go on, you know that ride Geronimo, the one that goes straight down log. and you're on a sl- the slide. No, not, not at Water Country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, uh-huh. that one that goes straight down. Yes. Yep. Yeah, my cousins didn't want to go on that one, and there are a few other rides that they didn't want to go on there. And then at, whenever we went to Canopy, they didn't want to ride the the Star Blaster or Yankee, even Yankee Cannonball. Yankee was, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah so... they, they were afraid of that, and it's just like... That's uh, uh, I mean, a pretty
0: basic one.
1: Yeah, that one's a basic one. So I was kinda of surprised by that one. So my
0: my dad's the same way in that he has like he's he's not great with heights, but he like I love ro- roller coasters as well. He always loved roller coasters. He'd always say like so the the Yankee Cannonball, it's like a wooden roller coaster, it was built yeah. in like the thirties. He said like his favorite part was that you never know if this is gonna be the time that it finally collapses. So
1: that's what I'm worried about more about roller coasters <laughs> is the uh, yank, that one specifically is that uh-huh. is this the day it's gonna break, <laughs> into a million pieces yeah. when I'm on it? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, um. So roller coasters and so there's one that I would like to include that I've never done, but I I don't think it would freak me out if I'm with a trained employee, and that's skydiving. I feel like yeah, I would love skydiving because I, I don't I've know said, about that one. But. I've said that I love jumps because I love uh-huh. the feeling of uh, the, the sinking feeling and. Uh, I have to be with someone training. If I'm by myself, I know I'm screwed. i would oh, screw yeah, up. like, oh, you, you which would've. button is? Does is it this one? Nope. Splat. There I go. I'm a yeah, goner. But no, no you'd
0: I, never be able to do it by yourself. Uh, yeah. At least the first time. So
1: it just it just be a bucket list thing. I think it'd be, I think it'd be fun, and maybe maybe like in the moment it'd be a little bit edgy, but I think, I think it'd be fun. I wouldn't be like Murr <laughs> an Braggle Joker just screaming all the way on the way down.
0: Yeah, I don't think uh, I can do it. I, I have I'm not, not saying I'm doing heights.
1: I'm not saying I'd do it tomorrow, but I'm just saying I would like to do it at some point in my life. and uh, So, I, it's easy for me to say that now. Maybe maybe if I were in the moment, like, oh, no, I can't do this. But uh-huh. I'd like to think I wouldn't be uh, afraid of that. Just yeah, do. and I guess
0: my thing with heights is there are certainly some rides, like, over the years that I haven't been a fan of like when i was younger i used to be terrified of rides um i kind of gotten over that but again i haven't really been to a an amusement park since i went to universal senior year of college So that was four years ago yeah so i, haven't been in a cool I don't know course. what i would be like if i want one now but i would yeah. like to think i'd still be fine with roller coasters but yeah, couldn't do I would, something like a star blaster or yeah, whatever I'd, I'd
1: be totally fine with roller coasters and i'd have that feeling of being a little bit edgy but at the same time it it's kind of fun i don't know
0: yeah no for sure
1: um yeah that's it
0: all right let's wrap it up with question number five daylight savings time officially ends on sunday on a scale of one to ten how much do you hate that it's still a thing in 2021
1: (laughs) 10 i think it's so dumb just it's it's really ridiculous because when it's spring you lose an hour of your weekend when you spring ahead and then when you fall when when it's fall back, it's like great. Instead of it being pitch dark at five in the afternoon, it's, it's now going to be pitch dark at four in the afternoon. Oh, I'm no. someone it's, that it
0: sucks in New England getting oh, yeah. dark and that early.
1: I I just I'm someone that oh, man. I took AP Psych. I forgot what the phrase is called, but or what what it is. But I'm someone that thrives on the sunlight affecting my mood. Uh, I, I think it's called serotonin. I for, I forgot serotonin. what it is, but. Yeah, that's what, what right. is it? Yeah, yeah.
0: What, I think serotonin is the right word. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's what it is. And so,
0: so like seasonal depression is a Yeah, thing because of I'm that. I'm a
1: season. Ah, I'm definitely affected. M- mood is definitely affected by the seasonal stuff. I talked. I talked a lot about how much I hate winter <laughs> when we did ranked the, ranking the seasons. Or winters for sure. Yeah. Most. Oh,
0: it's definitely the worst one. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I would say eight, just because I know there are people like when I say ten, like I think that there are people who hate it way more than I do. Like I tolerate it to an extent, yeah, may- but maybe, I, I may- want it to go away. I want the daylight savings time, which is from March to November, to be the time year round.
1: Another thing is the the clocks are all wrong when it hap when when you this daylight savings does happen when you have to switch it an hour back or an an, an hour forward and. It's just annoying. So maybe maybe 10 is too strong, but I certainly would have it 8, 9, or 10. Yeah. So
0: one thing that I heard is that New England is considering switching to Atlantic time to instead of daylight savings time. Um, but that just sounds like that would suck for sports because now you'd be four hours ahead of California.
1: Oh, I wouldn't like that at all.
0: No, I would hate that. So I would much rather just deal with the clocks changing than go to that.
1: I'd rather. Oh, oh! I actually, <laughs> I actually. Maybe I should change my answer to nine then. If it's if that's the. See, inside. I'm
0: I'm like trying to figure out what the light thing is because I I don't know. Oh wow! I didn't. If think it's, it's not serotonin, <laughs> no, it is because I don't want to say that and have it be something totally different, and I'm I'm not sure that I'm seeing it. Exposure to sunlight is thought to increase the brain's release of a hormone called serotonin. Okay, all right, we got it. I just wanted to make sure... So I was right. Yeah, uh, it's associated with boosting mood and helping a person feel calm and focused.
1: So I remember some things from AP Psych.
0: (laughs) Yes. All right, cool. Glad we figured that out before we wrapped up. Um, Which, I guess that's a good time to close out this episode. So... No new episode next week. We will come back in two weeks, though. We'll talk. uh, At that point, the Patriots will have gotten their chance of the Browns. The Steelers will have hopefully beat the Bears and Lions like everybody says they will. Um, And we'll, you know, we won't have, I don't know, maybe have some baseball stuff to talk about. Who knows? The World Series have been long over by then. So Um, we'll see. So right now, it's 0-0 still in the top of the third inning. So how are you feeling? braves braves have first and second two outs
1: go braves <laughs> go braves <laughs> all right
0: yeah yeah all right so for my go host brian wells i'm going to thanks everyone